0: I feel tired, just so tired. A PopMX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Keeper Tested Podcast, the podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things motocentric, hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Ladies and gentlemen, how the heck are you guys doing? Welcome in. Thank you for knocking. I opened the door, and this is the Rocky Mountain RockyMountainATVMC.com Kiefer Tested podcast presented by Fly Racing and Race Tech. Thank you for joining me for another episode and a new week, and something a little bit different today, so I'm excited about doing this. I've been getting a lot of emails about fitness and what I do and being over 40 years old and getting motivation and all these things that I've been uh, getting a lot of in the email inbox. So I've been uh, keeping a separate folder of this stuff. And when I reach a certain number of emails about a subject, I really try hard to look at it and see if it'll be worth a show. So we are here today and we are going to talk about fitness and riding over 40 years old, things that I've done, thing uh, mistakes that I have did and I've corrected, and maybe these things that I can share with you will help you in gaining some extra fitness on the bike, of course. This is why we're here. It's not about just overall well-being, but about fitness on the motorcycle over the age of 40 years old. It's tough, but I always say, hey, man. I learn something new every single time I ride. That's what makes riding so damn fun for me. Every time I go riding, there's something that I suck at or I need to work on or or whatever it is. Even if it's fitness, I'm always trying to chase something. There's always a carrot out there for me to try to grab and get. And then after you got that one, there's another one. There's always something about riding dirt bikes, whether it be on the bike, off the bike health and wellness there's so many things that encompass riding a dirt bike riding a dirt bike is freaking hard work me and Travis Preston we talk about this all the time he's a good buddy of mine of course you guys probably know that but we just talk about how hard riding is it doesn't matter what level you're at it's all it's all relative if you're a top pro or if you're just a weekend warrior that just wants to be better It's all the same. Those guys at the top are trying to perfect certain things, and us normal folk that are listening to this podcast are trying to perfect certain things as well. So this is the show today. We're going to talk about this. I'm going to go over several things, what I do here to try to help you and see if you guys out there can get better on your dirt bikes, get a little bit fitter, be a little bit happier Home life. We're going to cover a lot of things in this episode, so hopefully you guys enjoy it. But let's pay some bills first. RockyMountainATVMC.com is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATVs and street bikes, low prices, unparalleled customer service, free three-day shipping over 75 bucks. It's easy to see why I go there, you should go there, everyone should go there over to RockyMountainATVMC.com. Don't forget to click on com, click on the Rocky Mountain ATV banner, and then do your shopping. That helps us out, lets them know that you're listening to this damn podcast, and it gets us some um, a little extra credit on the back end at the end of the year. So hopefully that's uh, what you guys are doing, and some of you guys have been, so thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. Rocky Mountain guys are solid, very good company. I'm going to head over there after Salt Lake Supercross, and go take a tour of the facility. I'm going to do a little podcast from there, talk about the stuff and exactly how they do it. I might even go for a a little work environment for a full day. See how they do it. Racetech, racetech racetech.com. Get your suspension and engine services done over at Racetech. Hit me up, Chris, at Testing.com. I'll get you in touch with Chris over there at Racetech. Get you a discount code. And handle your engine and suspension needs. Kawasaki KX250 article. Most likely, I might be doubling up on some shows this week. We'll be up later this week, if not early part of next week. That'll be a great episode for you Kawasaki guys over there. That's a lot of information on that thing, so hopefully you guys enjoy that. Of course, FlyRacing, FlyRacing.com. Fly like an eagle. God, I have a magical voice. FlyRacing.com, go get your gear, snowmobile, casual, mountain bike, BMX, whatever it is that you do, FlyRacing.com has it. Go get all that stuff over at Rocky Mountain ATV MC. If you guys have any questions about my advertisers, as always, Chris at KeyfrankTesting.com. I'll do my damnness to get back to you. It's what we do here. All right, so before we get in the show, I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit about Oregon Old Timers Association. I've been preaching this last couple episodes. I'm going to be going racing at Mesquite, Nevada. They have an old-timers race there and Glen Helen. So if you guys want to go race, go to OregonOldTimers.com, enter, put Kiefer Inc. in your sponsorship uh, little heading right there, and I will pay your entry. The first five guys that do that, I will pay your entry, and uh, we'll see you over there in Glen Helen. God bless Glen Helen and Mesquite, Nevada. So going to be a fun time. Can't wait. I'm going to bring my family, bring some friends. We're going to have a hell of a good time on the weekend. So I think Mesquite, pretty sure, is the same weekend as Vegas Supercross. So why not make a whole damn weekend out of it? Go racing with us on Saturday. Go to Vegas Supercross on Saturday night and come back. Let's go race again Sunday. Fun weekend. Good times. All right, guys. Fitness over 40. That's not easy. Holy shit, it's not easy. And look it, I'm going to be very transparent here. I'm not probably working as hard as you right now, honestly, straight up. You guys listening are the blue-collar guys that bust your ass, that look forward to riding a dirt bike on the weekend, and it's tough to gain fitness. I understand that. Kiefer, you get to ride all the time. You have a big base. I get it. I Trust me. I understand it. I have a lot of friends that I ride with that are just blue-collar dudes that work all day, five days a week, and then they hit their motorcycles on the weekend. However, sometimes that's just not enough if you want to gain fitness on your motorcycle. It's a tough situation. It's a balancing act. And it's very hard to do. I understand that. So I just want to I just want to reiterate that to you guys. So you guys know that I'm aware that I'm not oblivious to what you guys are doing out there listening to this podcast. You guys might be listening to this thing while you're working and you're roofing or you're pouring concrete or, or whatever it is that you do that you bust your ass to. I get it. I understand that. And you don't have access to ride your dirt bike or even get on the pedal bike as much as I can. So I've... I'm really a big fan of a schedule. And no matter how busy you guys are out there, there is time to do something that will make you better on your dirt bike each and every day. It's just how bad that you want it. Look, I get lazy at times too. I get up in the morning. I know I got to go test. I got to type. I got to talk. I got to do all different kinds of things. But at some point in the day, I have to make it a priority if I want to gain fitness or maybe even keep what I have. I got to do some stuff off the bike. We're going to talk about the things that I do that benefit me. Now, this is the stuff that I've learned over time that actually helps me. I'm going on 43 years old, guys. I think I train smarter and a little bit – I'm not going to say harder – because I trained really hard when I was racing, but I think I was training too much. So I'm a lot smarter now in my 40s than I was in my middle to late 20s, early 30s. I was just hitting it hard. Like I was brought up. My dad was, you get tired, you work harder. That's what you do. So that was ingrained in me since I was a teenager. Look, you're getting tired, you're not busting your ass. You're not doing the work. Well, that's all fine and dandy when we're 16, 15, 17 years old, but when we get in our 30s and 40s, we can't just send it out on the pedal bike and then go the next day and go ride and expect to be all fresh and I'm going to haul ass on my dirt bike. It doesn't work that way. So the first thing I want to talk to you guys about is set a schedule. You guys know your schedule each and every day at work, right? Hey, I'm getting up. I got to go here. I'm doing this today that is no different with anything dirt bike related that you want to achieve get a notepad simple write down your work schedule figure out in those in that week what you can do which we're going to go over what you can do to make yourself better on a dirt bike if you can't get on your dirt bike okay and you say hey there's no way I get home late I got family I got kids that's fine do you have a spin bike do you can can you do some um stretching anything that'll help you on your dirt bike. I am a big fan of doing exercises that mimics what I do on my dirt bike. Look at. I'm not Rhino. I'm not shredded. I'm not giving my life to fitness. I give my life to my family and my dirt bikes. So that is what I'm directly trying to at least maintain so I can go ride five days a week, right? So that is what I'm trying to do. Your goals out there might be a little bit different. Your goals might be, hey, man, I just want to be able to fucking ride 15 minutes on my track when I go with my buddies on the weekend. That's great. All of these things that we're going to talk about today will help you achieve that. You might want to go to a big race. I want to be able to go to this race and not get arm pump or not get tired. We're going to go over some things and... You guys are going to have to write this stuff down because if you miss something, it may not work. And then you guys are going to email me and say, hey, man, I did everything and it didn't work and I am still getting an arm pump or I get tired. Well, you're not doing something right. There's something missing, okay? Well, first things first. All right. I got a list of crap here that I want to talk to you guys about and I'm looking at it and I'm like, holy shit, there's a lot of it. So schedule, get down, get yourself a notebook. Whatever it is that you want to do, have the wife sit with you, write down your work week, put it on a calendar, figure that out. The next thing I would recommend doing, and this really helped me, is go get your blood work taken. I would really recommend trying to implement going to your doctor, just getting a blood panel and seeing how your blood looks, or what you're missing or what you're lacking to make sure you're okay and healthy to go. I have um big diagnosed with Epstein-Barr virus, I don't know, several years ago. My doctor's a good dude. He's down in Anaheim. Dr. Tarlow, he's worked over. Tim Ferry, uh, Carmichael when he was racing. He knows a lot about me and my body. So we try to take blood every six months just to see where I'm at. And, of course, we do an EBV blood test to make sure my Epstein-Barr values aren't too high. So do yourself a favor, get a blood panel, make sure you guys are healthy, make sure you're not missing anything before you start this process, or you could just be burying yourself and you don't even know it, right? You'd be like, hey, man, I'm doing all this stuff, but nothing's working, and I feel like I'm getting worse. Well, maybe there's something underlying in your blood that you can actually fix. I know that I get kind of scared that the doctors, honestly, I have white coat syndrome. (laughs) So this might be a lot of transparency in this podcast today, but like... I get anxiety when I go to the doctor. So I understand it like going to the doctor sucks ass. I hate it. But getting this a little peace of mind to knowing what's going on, I'm always like, oh, my God, he's going to take my blood. I'm going to have cancer. What the fuck? I'm tripping out. And Heather's laughing at me. But get the blood work done. Chances are really high that you're not going to have anything major and you're just going to be able to fix little things in your diet to help your blood values get better. I know I had some things that were off on my blood, uh, changed my diet up a little bit, and it really helped me um, feel better during the course of the day. So, again, blood work if you can do that. All right, after the schedule, send someone your plan, either your wife uh, or whatever it is, hold yourself accountable. I always do this because I feel like I don't want to let someone down besides myself. Cause it's easy to say, Oh man, I don't want to do this today. And it's only you. Right? So send your plan, your schedule to your wife or to your friend or or to whoever who almost not babysit you, but can be like, Hey man, did you do that today? Yep. Got it. Did it. So for me, it's my, it's my wife, Heather. Like, she has my schedule. She knows what I'm doing. She has my plan. And she doesn't check on me every day, but she'll randomly, hey, oh, did you, you do this today? I'm like, yeah, I did that. Or if I say no, she kind of rides my ass a little bit. I like that. That's how I work. So figure out how you guys work out there. If you can hold yourself accountable and do it, that's fine. But if you feel like you can escape that a little bit, give that plan to someone else so they can kind of hold you accountable. I just think that is a is a good idea for for just your normal blue-collar guy because you could be tired when you get home, right? Also, to piggyback on that as well, if you guys feel like you want like a personal trainer or you want someone to guide you, I know I did at one time, and it was probably the best thing I could have probably done for myself. So if you remember Seiji, he's been on the Pulp Show. He trained Andrew Short. Uh, he's been around a long time. I basically went to him in the dark, not knowing who he was, called him, talked to him, and he set a plan in place for me seven, eight years ago. It's been a long time I've been working with him. So he got to know what I did. As a test rider, he knew how much I rode. He knew my weaknesses. He knew what I wanted to improve. So we set a schedule. He put a plan in place. And then every Sunday or Monday morning, he asked asked me for my schedule. I give him my schedule. He writes down my workouts, what I need to do. He knows when I'm testing, so he knows how much recovery, a.k.a. very important. He uh, he knows exactly what I need to do during the week, and he implements that, and I just basically follow that along. It's it's a seamless thing for me. So if you guys are looking for something like that that's not that expensive, CoachSagey.com. You can go look his website over. You can hit him up in the email. Tell him that you... Heard about him through my podcast, maybe cut you a little break, but to me, that's the easiest way to do it. If you want to set yourself a schedule, as he knows, the blue collar guy has to work. He's very, very familiar with that style of training. Um, he's just not a top of the line, um, trainer, you know, he's not training pros 24 seven. He did that. He's trained normal guys. So he gets that part of it, um, Again, well, we really—I really, uh, really want to talk about recovery. This is a major thing for me for guys over forty years old. Look it uh, again, completely honest right here. I uh, I took testosterone three and a half years ago, four years ago, and although it did make me feel better because my T levels were low, man, it made my arms pump up something fierce. So. Overall quality of life, actually, it was better. I recovered better. I felt better. I was more energetic, but I retained a lot of water, and then my arms pumped up when I rode, so I just got off of it completely, and once I was off of that, I really decided, man, I'm going to try vitamin B12. So I've been getting vitamin B12 shots every two weeks um, prescribed by my doctor, and it really helps me um, stay, I don't want to say stay energetic, but it just keeps me with some drive, you know? So vitamin B12 shots, I get those once every two weeks. If you guys are looking for something to help you and see if that works for you guys to get you uh, a little bit more motivated, vitamin B12 has done a lot for me the past three years. Uh, Testosterone wasn't the right thing for me. I know some uh, some of you guys over forty have hit me up about T levels and taking testosterone. Look, I'm a uh, I like to be healthy, but I also don't want to to have some underlying disease from the testosterone when I'm sixty years old. So I was kind of leery about that a little bit. So I decided, hey, vitamin B12. It's natural. It's a vitamin. I'm just going to see what this does for me. And honestly, it took about a month to get into my system. Um, but once I, I do that now, I take a shot and the shelf life for me is about 10 days. I get about 10 days worth of, I would say what I call energy where I'm like, yeah, I feel recovered, I'm motivated and I can get up the next day and go to work and ride and do the things I want to do. And about day 11 is when I notice that I'm kind of on the downslope where I'm a little bit tired and not as recovered. So, um, Something that you guys can look into with your doctor, obviously discuss all this. Again, like I said, I'm not a health nut. I'm not Rhino. I'm not a doctor. I'm just giving you things uh, to think about that that has worked for me over the years riding so much. And uh, there's not as many peaks and valleys in my training as much as there was when I wasn't taking B12. So vitamin B12, I do believe in that, and it's something that you guys could look into. All right, so. Setting a plan. Once you guys have a plan, let's say you work five days a week. The best thing that you guys could possibly do if you don't have any gym equipment, if you're not a membership to a gym, look, honestly, stretch. If I do nothing else besides stretch because you guys know when we're getting a little older, our, our flexibility is not so good. I'm not a big hot yoga guy. I've done that kind of stuff, which really does work. I like that, but I don't have access to that in the high desert. Basically, just follow a stretching plan. If you can stretch three times a week, after about a month of stretching, you're going to notice a lot of changes when you're riding your bike. Things that I noticed since I've stretched. um, Less arm pump. I have more flexibility. When I come into a corner, my leg can get lifted high. I can lift my leg higher. My back doesn't hurt as much. I move around more freely on the motorcycle. My posture is better. I I look at pictures of myself when I was, I don't know, mid-30s. I didn't have a hunchback as much as I do when I'm now, I'm almost 43. I feel like my shoulders are rolling forward a little bit. I started stretching, and my posture got better, so... Stretching, just that alone will help you be better on your motorcycle. I'm not a huge advocate of lifting weights. For me, the reasons why is I notice when I lift weights a lot, I get arm pump. Uh, Travis Preston, one of my good buddies, he lifts a lot. He is big. He's like almost 200 pounds now, shredded, ripped, ripped. Looks amazing with the shirt off. I don't. I'm just pretty smooth and skinny. Don't have a lot of definition. But for me, when we go riding, he gets arm pump really quick now because he's such a crossfit type of guy. He's like, man, I'm in better shape than I was when I was racing. But on the bike shape, I'm worse because I can't hang on. I'm not as flexible. And I get arm pump. So there is a point when you just gain too much muscle and it's a hindrance When you ride, plain and simple, Uh, I've kind of found that balance for me where I have enough muscle mass to hang on to the bike as long as I want. Right. So 20, 25 minute motos locally. I can do that. I have enough energy. I do not get arm pump because I stretch and I really hone in on when I ride is quality of riding. That's another thing that I want to talk about with you guys right now. So You guys get to ride maybe once a week, twice a week max. If you guys can ride more, great. But when you guys ride, you're over 40, make a plan. Again, we're going to go back to this plan. Know what you're going to do before you get to the track. It's simple. It's the easiest thing to do, and you will see the most results from your riding if you just simply stick to a plan. I'm going to give you a, a, a little plan right now. You guys out there that ride once or twice a week, you do a warm-up. Do a 10-minute warm-up. Don't do any longer than 10 minutes. Chances are when you guys go race, your practices are going to be 7 minutes long. So do a 10-minute warm-up. Try to get the lines down as quick as you can. Think of it as a race. You get there to the track, 10-minute warm-up. Take about a 20-minute break. Get back to the track. Do your first moto. Do a moto. So for you guys out there that race, you know how long your laps are. If you're doing seven lap races, 20-minute races, whatever it is, you want to mimic those times laps. First moto, that's what you do. You do your moto. Take 30-minute break. Second moto, same thing, amount of laps, amount of time. And then at the end of your two motos, you're done with your two motos, I want you guys to work on sprint laps. So... What Sedgy has me do when I'm racing is I'll go out. I'll hopefully have a timer. If not, you can use your watch or whatever it is that you use, and we can talk about that in the, the show here of what I use. But I do four by two lap sprints. So four times two lap sprints. Do that, and hopefully by middle of the day, end of the day, the track's pretty broke in, rough. Maybe it's clearing out. Not as many people. You do a two lap sprint rest for two minutes, two-lap sprint, rest for two minutes, do that four times, and that's it. Then your day is done. If you guys want to practice starts, you can do that. If you're tired, go home. I can guarantee most of you guys out there are going to be smoked after that day. Trust me. What If that is the only time you get to ride, is that one day a week, that should be what you do. If you're not smoked, then you didn't put as much effort in those motos as you should have. I always try to ride within my means. But there is a time, even though you're a blue-collar worker, if if you want to get better on your motorcycle and you're listening to this podcast and you're saying, hey, man, I want to get better. How do I do it? Just riding around is not going to get you to be a better rider. I'm not saying to ride over your head and jump shit you can't jump. But you need to push yourself... In areas that are safe. I tell my kid all the time, what is the danger factor for doing that? He's like, hey, dad, I wanna jump that. Well, I talk to him about it. I go, okay, what is the danger factor? There's always a danger factor. Is the landing peaky? Is there another obstacle after the landing? Or is it just a big double out of a corner and that if you case it, you're not gonna die? For me, I always tell guys, look, look at the jump or look at the obstacle and see what the consequence would be. If the consequence would be, hey, man, I'm going to go off this and case it, uh, well, an indo, then the consequence is too high for you blue-collar guys. Simply don't do it. It's not worth it. You don't want to get hurt. But I battle with this with one of my guys all the time is that, He will sit there and he gets mad at races because he sucks at the beginning of the race and then he's better at the end. But when we go practice, he doesn't, he's not aggressive because he says, I don't feel comfortable. Sometimes when you guys want to get better, you got to get out of your comfort zone and try to push yourself to do things you normally wouldn't do. Okay. That goes back to the consequence, to the danger factor. Look at that obstacle. I'm not comfortable with that. Are you going to endo? Are you going to crash? No, man, the landing's pretty mellow. Like, if I case it, it's going to hurt a little bit, but I don't think anything's going to happen. Do it. Just get it out of the way. Jump it. If you make a mistake, chances are it's not going to be that bad. But if you come up short and that landing's huge, then don't do it. It's a simple math equation. I tell my kid all the time, man, like, just look at the consequence. If the consequence is large, you're not comfortable, don't take the risk. You got a job to go to Monday. I get it. But if the consequence is low and it just could hurt or I could just like fall, I mean, we ride dirt bikes, shit happens, you're going to crash. That's inevitable. That's something that you took on when you said, hey, I'm going to go buy a motorcycle. You know that you could crash. So sometimes it's okay to crash as long as the consequence isn't huge. If you guys aren't you're going really slow in the corner, Try pushing yourself into a corner a little bit harder and then driving into that corner to make yourself get around that thing quicker. Stop braking at the same time. What are you learning? You're not learning anything. So if you find your braking points and that's what you're doing, try braking a little bit later. That's safe. Not a big deal, but that can help you a lot with your riding. So quality of riding is what I'm trying to encompass to you guys. Yes, doesn't matter. One day a week, I understand that you guys can't get on the bike a lot, but it is the quality, not the quantity of riding that you do. Sometimes when you get to ride once a week, you just get excited too much and you're at the track and you're like, I just want to ride and you're just putting in laps. I'm putting in laps. Well, what kind of laps are they? Are they quality laps? Are you just out there having fun? That's fine. If that's all you want to do is have fun, go do that. Turn the podcast off. Go have a good time. You can tell me to shut the fuck up, and we'll move it along. It's not a big deal. This is for guys that want to improve their fitness on the motorcycle. These quality days of riding will improve the fitness on your bike. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. It's commercial time. Listen to these things. There's some quality information, some discount codes, and you might learn something, laugh a little bit as well. So please stand by. Here they come. All-American Chevrolet in Colleen, Texas is a proud supporter of Keeper Inc. and invites everyone to experience the difference for all of your Chevy sales and service needs. Mention Keeper Inc. and get 50% off your next oil change and a front-end alignment at no charge. Remember, whether you're hauling your bikes to the weekend track, trail, or race, or commuting to the job that pays for your moto habit, we have the truck to get you there in style. Visit us online anytime at chevycolleen.com. That's All-American Chevrolet of Colleen. Chevy, find new roads. FMF, fast mother bleep, nah, Flying Machine Factory, that's what it stands for, go to fmfracing.com, you got a four stroke, two stroke, they've got what you need, trust me, older two stroke pipes and silencers, they have it, they still make them, you got a newer four stroke, you want some extra horsepower, they got that too, but most importantly, if you guys want to look cool at the track, maybe you want to make your chick look cool, you want to wear a cool hat or you're a two-stroke guy and you want a shirt that says mixing gas and hauling ass. Go to fmfracing.com. They got a whole merch section. Trust me, it's real. there's a lot of stuff over there. It looks pretty cool. So, Kiefer Inc. 19 saved you some money on the merch. I suggest you go do it. I have a two-stroke shirt and I don't even wear freaking two-stroke shirts. That's how cool this thing is. So, Go to fmfracing.com, save yourself some money, and of course, if you have any problems, you have any concerns, hit me up, chris at keferinktesting.com, and hopefully I can guide you in the right direction on FMF products. I know a lot about them, so trust me. They're good, quality built. There's even a guy back in the dyno room you probably never heard of. His name is George. He is a wizard. He is the one just grinding away, doing all of the dyno testing, handing the the stuff off to me at times to test. He's a smart dude. FMFRacing.com. Go visit the site. It's a cool site. Go get some merch. Save yourself some money with Kiefer Inc. Thank you, guys. Just because you're older, guys, doesn't mean you should stop racing. Look, I'm 43 years old. I love racing. I love it. So there is a club, Old Timers MX. More importantly, Oregon Old Timers MX. There are some races happening that are fun. You get long motos, and you get to hang out with your buddies and go home happy. Your wife will be happy because you'll be happy. So do it. Arizona, Canyon MX Park, February 29th through March 1st. And then we got another one coming up, SoCal, Glen Helen. Oh, man, you know I'll be there. April 18th to the 19th. The whole schedule is up on OregonOldTimers.com. They go to Nevada. They go to Montana, they go to Washington, even British Columbia, even Hangtown. Go check them out, OregonOldTimers.com. And if you guys end up going to these races, the first five guys that sign up and list Kiefer Inc. testing as a sponsor, show me the proof on my email. I will reimburse your entry fee. The first five guys, that's right. That's how committed I am for you guys out there to go race. Don't be this old dude that sits at home and doesn't want to go ride, doesn't go race. Go do it. OregonOldTimers.com. Canyons coming up. Arizona and Glen Helen. I will see you guys at Glen Helen. First five guys, show me proof. Chris at KeeferingTesting.com. I'll reimburse your entry forms. Crazy. Have you guys checked out BloodLubricants.com? If you haven't, B-L-U-D Lubricants.com. Go check them out. Three new series of oils, Blood Power Sport Series blood racing pro series and the blood racing pro elite series i have michael allen here with me we've been doing two different types of oils in our test bike mike has been doing the blood power sport series everything going good there everything's going good i use it in all our test bikes the ones that i prep and maintain and uh it runs a little cooler than production oils and uh, i know you've done some testing with that yeah so basically before jeff and the guys came on board i had to check legitimacy of this stuff because um, i didn't want no crap involved in keyframe testing Um, honestly tried it was very surprised about the oil. Did some temperature readings. It was little over 30 degrees cooler in my YZ450F compared to some other oils I've been running. So the stuff is good. They sponsor over 250 racers from Enduro, Enduro Cross, Hair Scrambles, UTVs, Supercross. Now they got some Supercross guys. So go check them out. Bloodlubricants.com. Use the discount code Kiefer and get some percentage off your oils. They'll ship them to you. Probably get a hat or two. You know, Jeff's a good dude. Go check him out. BloodLubricants.com ScreenPrintingDone.com You guys looking to make up some shirts, hoodies, or hats with a logo on it? Or maybe you want a logo made up for your business and you want to transfer that over to some t-shirts? Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com Neil over there is a writer. He owns the company. He is a rad human being. And he is here to hook you guys up. Order 12 shirts. And get ten for free. They have all different kinds of shirts, hoodies, hats, different fabrics, all different kinds of stuff. Go hit them up, ScreenprintingDone.com. Tell them Kiefer sent you, and get ten free shirts. Be sure to say Kiefer. That's right, Kiefer and ScreenprintingDone.com. Go check them out. Thanks, Neil. FirepowerParts.com. Excellent batteries, longer life. They're great batteries. I have them in all my test bikes. And hey, they make chains. Very good chains. My chain on my YZ450F is about 12 hours deep. Still good. And of course, they have oil too. Firepowerparts.com. They keep adding new products to their line. So go check out the website. It's very cool. Firepowerparts.com. Hey, you guys looking to get a KTM? You want to get the best price on one? Carson City Motorsports is Northern Nevada's largest KTM and Husqvarna dealership. That's right, Husqvarna's as well. They have the largest KTM and Husqvarna inventory around with their new 10,000-square-foot vehicle showroom, making it easy to find whatever you are looking for. Head over to Carson City Motorsports. It's the only Northern Nevada Arctic Cat dealership as well. And, of course, mention my name and get a special deal on either a KTM, Arctic Cat, or a Husqvarna. Hit me up over at Chris at KieferIncTesting.com and I'll get you in touch with the guys over at Carson City Motorsports and get you down the road with a new motorcycle. Hey, did you crash? Or maybe you're just looking for a different handlebar bend. Go to Protaper.com and go look at the Evo and Fusion line handlebars. I run the Fusion on the KTM 450 and I run the Evo on the YZ450F. Doesn't matter what you are. You like crossbars. You don't want a crossbar. pro taper has it. They got grips. Dude, they got some nice, soft grips. I'm a half-waffle soft guy. Greatest grips ever. Go check them out. The Race Cut grips. Come on. I am a SX Race Evo and Fusion guy. So go check them out. ProTaper.com. And if you guys are wondering about handlebar dimensions, go to KieferInkTesting.com. There's a complete article on which handlebar dimension is best for your bike. Go search around. It's a fun article. Kiefer Testing, it's a great place to do it. You know what else is? ProTaper. ProTaper ProTaper.com. Maybe you're at home or in the car and you listen to the Kiefer Tested podcast. Maybe you already own a home. Maybe you're looking to purchase. You know what? Rates are down, so maybe you should try refinancing now. I know Heather and I just did. You can pull cash out, debt consolidation, or... Maybe you just need some credit score advice. Deal with a professional that has been in the business for 25 years. Dude. And this guy rides. He's a good dude. Zach Morris. No, not saved by the bell, Zach Morris. He's licensed in California, Nevada, and Colorado. You can call or text Zach at Plum Creek Funding 720-212-4685. If you guys have any questions about Zach, hit me up. Chris at Testing.com, or just simply text him yourself. 720 212 Four six eight five Plum Creek Funding. Zach Morris. Hit him up. We're back with the show. Fitness over forty for us old geezers. Here we go. Now what about the actual writing part? You can say, all right, Kiefer, that sounds fine and dandy, but man, I can't even go two laps without getting arm pump or get tired. Okay, so let's let's start there. Let's start right there. So two laps, that's what I got. And I'm tired. This is how you try to improve on this. You go out, you go riding, and you get arm pump at two laps. Try to do one extra lap from the time that you're either A, dead tired, or the B, you got rock hard arms. Try to do just one lap. Don't try to send it in that lap, but just try to ride one lap past the limit that you normally do. And what happens over time, and I can almost guarantee you this, over time, your laps will be able to increase. Your body will remember this. You'll go three laps, four laps, and it'll get better and better as time goes on. Arm pump is kind of a weird deal, guys. I can't sit here and tell you how to get rid of arm pump. Some guys just have it. I, I never really got it. I mean, I have had it, but I know why I would get it. I got arm pump when I was uncomfortable or I hold on too tight or just something like or I'm cold. So if you are getting arm pump, try to loosen up, get warmed up, and give your, time, give your body some time to get acclimated to what you're doing. We're older guys, You know, we're old. We're 40 years old. So our bodies aren't just be like, boom, we're ready to rock. Sometimes it takes us a little bit of time to get warmed up. If you guys are out in practice on race day, do this. Try to force yourself to get arm pump in practice because what that does, it, it will actually calm your arms down during the race. You'll pump up and chances are the next time you guys go out, you will not get as bad of arm pump as you did in practice. That's usually the norm. I've gotten really bad arm pump in practice. The track is muddy. There's no lines forming. I'm holding on tight. I'm sliding around. And, man, I I got arm pump. Ooh, I was out there 10 minutes. Got arm pump. Racing comes. Never get arm pump because tracks broke in. My lines are formed. I'm looser. I've already got arm pump. So my body has kind of been acclimated to what's about to come. So instead of freaking out, which some of you guys do, Don't worry about it. Get arm pump. Get it out of the way. And then remember to loosen up your grip with your hands and really focus in on gripping with your legs. That is important. Gripping with your legs on the bike. Some of us, when we get older, we just or in our own we're just in our own little rut. We do the same shit all the time. Either with be life or dirt bikes, we just do the same thing day in and day out. We never try anything new because that's what we're comfortable with. Try something new. Grip with your feet. Point your toes in. Do certain things that are required to be able to go fast on your dirt bike with less energy. I'll watch myself on video sometimes, and I'll be like, I look so slow. But yet, when we go do lap times, my lap times are really good because my style doesn't have a lot of movement. I don't move around on the bike a lot. I'm pretty stationary. I'm a smoother guy. I like to work a little bit less to try to go fast. So I'm working smarter, not harder. You guys can adopt that kind of style, especially when you're older, that will help you throughout the day and when you ride. So if you're just trying to get better on your bike, just remember, look, give yourself some time. It's not easy. It's very difficult, (laughs) very difficult to try to get better. It's not going to happen in two weeks. You're not going to listen to this podcast, do the shit I say, and then two weeks, you'll be like, oh man, thanks a lot, Kiefer. I'm in better shape. No, you're not. It's gonna take a long time. It's gonna take six months. This doing this kind of thing to really feel a difference. It might start to come a little bit in about two months, but then the six-month mark is the one I always notice, man. Like, hey, I've got a great base. I can charge, I can do this, and I feel like I'm actually better than I was before um, I started this whole thing. When I train for the Nationals, or this year, I give myself a four-month plan where I can ride, I can do certain things, I can stretch. And then by that time, the times I'm getting ready to race, everything that I've planned is implemented for those races. So just remember, give yourself some time. It takes a long time to... uh, to become, I don't want to say like you're just, I'm I'm in shape. Because no matter how good a shape you're in, you're going to be tired on a bike. It's how you ride when you're tired. So that leads me to this portion of this show. Look, you're never going to be not tired on a motorcycle. People always say, hey man, I don't want to feel those bumps. My suspension sucks. You're going to feel bumps no matter how good your suspension is. You're going to be tired no matter how good a shape you're in. I don't care. Unless you're on juice or you're taking human growth hormone or whatever the fuck it is that's out there, you're going to be tired. It's how you're going to be able to ride when you're tired. Go back to a couple minutes ago and I said, Hey, man, go one lap after you're tired. Those laps are going to be very important because at some point, no matter what, you're going to have to try to ride hard when you're tired. So if you learn how to do that and do that more within your means, the better you will be come race time when that actually does happen because it will happen. You will be in you'll be 100 degrees or you'll have high humidity or whatever it is, it'll zap you and then you got to learn how to ride when you're fatigued. So just know When you go out and do these laps and then I'm tired, that one extra lap, really remember how you ride in that lap. And if you guys are, you know, an above novice rider and you can go more than one lap, by all means, do that. But I just try to always tell my guys that I ride with, like, hey, when you're tired, go one more lap. If you can go two more laps when you're tired, great. Whatever it is the end goal of your moto is and you're not tired, Mm, I would say something's up or you're not pushing because at the end of every moto that you practice or race, you should be pretty tired unless you're just sandbagging and you're you're leading your class by a mile or you're just out lollygagging and practice or whatever it is. But if you're pushing yourself and try to become better, just remember, you should be fatigued. So learning how to ride fatigued is also very important. So just remember that when you're riding. Okay, so moving on. So what exercises do I do now that I'm almost 43 years old? Things, I have a full gym at my house. I kind of built this over the years. Heather surprised me one birthday and gave me some dumbbells, and then I acquired things over time. But the most important piece for me is my bicycle. I love outdoors. I think all of us are wired the same way. We're older. Um, if you're a dirt bike guy, you like being outdoors outdoors. And I know some of you guys can't do this in the winter time, but we'll talk up something about that too. But I like being outdoors in the elements. I go on bicycle rides with my kid. It's just for me, it helps my it helps my psyche. It gets me outside. Um, I'm just more prone to get my work done outdoors than I am inside of a gym. So for me, if you guys want to improve fitness on a motorcycle, you guys don't need these three hour long base rides. You know that these pros are doing. Again, I'm not a trainer. I'm just telling you what's worked for me. I go on, I would try to 60 to 90-minute rides. And if you guys have a heart rate monitor, which I do recommend, some of you guys, some you old codgers out there be like, "Ah, I don't need a heart rate monitor. I'll just go ride on a bicycle. It's nice to know where your heart rate is so you don't push it so much that you're going to be blown out for the next time you get on your dirt bike. Because remember, this is what it's all about. I'm training for my dirt bike. Yes, I love training just for the fact of training, but I'm training with a purpose for my motorcycle. So 60 to 90 minutes, I try to keep my average heart rate at around 150, um, no no higher than that on normal days. Seji usually has my heart rate zones all mapped out for me. He knows where my thresholds are. If you guys don't know what that is, just email Seji. He can explain all that to you. But I'm telling you guys right now, threshold tests are no fun. It is a – oh, it sucks to learn where your max heart rate is, where your threshold is. These tests that I do with Seji, man, it really maps out your heart rate and where you should be. So heart rate monitor. You can go on keyforringtesting.com and look. There's a Garmin Forerunner watch that I use when I ride. Uh, When I bicycle, when I work out, it's great. It has um, auto lap built into it. There's so many other things. There's lit pros. There's all kinds of things that you guys can do for training when you're riding. But for me, the watch just kind of encompasses everything that I do in my life. It tracks my sleep. Um, There's all things that I like to do. I'm not a super techie guy off of the bike. But when it comes to fitness and relating that to my motorcycle – I like quality products. Garmin nine thirty four Forerunners, what I I'm sorry nine thirty five Forerunners, what I have, and that tracks my heart rate zone. So anywhere between sixty to ninety minutes, if you can do it in a heart rate zone with one fifty between one thirty to one fifty, and I'll you'll get to that point later on if you get a little bit uh, your fitness is up. Um, I don't think that. Us older guys need a whole lot of fast-twitch fibers, you know, unless you're you're really going hardcore like Rhino, but for us normal guys just want to get in better fitness, just wants to ride a bike better. 150 heart rate is a really good heart rate, um, unless, of course, you're 80 or 70 years old, and that obviously is going to change. In my 40s, I can say 150 is not that difficult. I can keep my heart rate at 150 for a long period of time, so... For those of you guys that are not in shape, use the heart rate zone between 130 to 150. Try to keep yourself in that zone for 60 to 90 minutes. Now, if you can't get outside, too cold, whatever it is that you guys are at in location, try to get yourself a spin bike or something indoors that will help you get your heart rate up. Or treadmill. Say I like a treadmill on some days as well. I mix it up. I like jogging. I run at times. Um things that I like to do for cardio off of the bike. I run anywhere between three to five miles or I'll bicycle 60 to 90 minutes. I will try to do that three times a week. Sometimes I will do more if I'm not riding as much, but know your work schedule, know how tired you are at work, and at least try to get off the bike training three times a week, whatever it is. It's one hour. You can try to fit in one hour somewhere. Treadmill, bicycle, stretching, any of those things. Stretching costs nothing. Stretching is easy to do. You can go on Google and you can see uh, what you should do for stretch movements. There's so many things that you can do that will help you on your motorcycle and you don't need any money. You want to do air squats. I do that. I have Seji do that. I do a little CrossFit workout in my gym that requires minimal weights. There's air squats, there's lunges. If you do have a rower, I love a concept 2 rower. If you do have that, I've, just going back to this earlier talk, I do everything because of dirt bikes, right? So I managed to get a pair of pro taper handlebars, got it modified to <laughs> the concept 2 rower, and that way I mimic my pulling to how wide and my posture on my motorcycle. So muscle memory, it's very easy to do. You're 40 years old. Your body's gonna remember what you do the most, right? So if I'm pulling on a pair of handlebars on a rower three times a week, and then I'm going riding one time a week, that's four times a week that you're mimicking a movement. The more you can mimic a movement, the better it can be for you on your dirt bike. Uh, when I do um upright rows, things like that, I try to mimic how I'm on my the width of my handlebar. Sometimes when I'm running, I'm jogging down the street. I put my hands out like I'm on a pair of handlebars, and I'll go back and forth. Just things that you can do to mimic a dirt bike will make you looser once you get on your dirt bike one time a week. And I want to say this, too. I know some of you guys are out there saying, well, man, I ride more than one time a week. That's great, and that's awesome. You can use all of these tips, um, your plan, your strategy, your schedule to – Every day that you ride, if you have a 15 minute moto for your race, do that schedule three times a week. Do your two motos, your sprints, your starts three times a week, man, it's going to go through the roof. How good you're going to be. If you can ride three times a week, people always ask me, what is the optimal, how many days a week does it take to actually notice a difference in a short amount of time to get better on my motorcycle? The magic answer to that is three times a week. If you're able to ride three times a week, your chances go up drastically to get better in a more quicker fashion. One time a week, guys, look, you got what you got, right? Let's let's maximize what we have. It will help you, but it's going to take you a little bit longer to get your fitness built up because let's face it, guys, off of the bike training does help and it does bridge the gap, but you have to ride a dirt bike. So no matter how much (laughs) rip, how how ripped we are, you know, in shape we are off the bike, I can pedal for days. You get on the bike, you're like, holy shit, man, I'm tired. A lot of good guys that I know that haven't ridden in a while that can ride a dirt bike just because they haven't ridden, they get tired. So quality riding is probably the number one thing that I can tell you guys to do. Have a plan. Have a schedule. Get that going. And you'll you'll notice better results in your riding, and uh, you'll just you'll be looser and you'll be more free on the motorcycle. Another topic I get asked a lot is about food. Um, how much food should I be ingesting? What should I be eating? All these things. I'm not great at that, guys. I'm straight up with you. I'm not the greatest at eating clean. I'm not a complete fast food junkie. I don't uh, eat shitty every day. Heather and I do eat at home a lot. We eat a lot of chicken. I'm not a big vegetable guy. I like broccoli. But, man, I'm telling you guys, I like having a Coke. I like sandwiches. I like pizza. I like burgers. I just know that my body, I don't really gain a lot of weight. So this is going to be a very difficult topic to talk to you guys about. But if you guys do have trouble with weight, just monitor what you're eating. That's basically all I can really tell you. Again, Seji over there knows more about that. He's tried for years to make me a caveman-style eater. I can't do it. He's like, yep, you just eat, eat like a caveman. You can pick it out of the ground or you can kill it. That's what you need to eat. Well, I like In-N-Out. I like Five Guys. I like pizza every now and again. I've got a family. You know, It's not that easy. Just know that you can't eat that shit all the time and expect nothing to happen to your body. So you got to put in some work. Cut out some of that crap and just eat smarter. That's all I can really tell you. If you guys want to know more about the food intake and what you guys need to do that way, you need to look to a nutritionist or talk to Seji or someone else because obviously I'm not the best person for that. My motto always was is if I needed to lose weight, which has happened in my life, I needed to burn more than I put in. It's a simple math equation. I think some of these diets and these people that are like, "Hey, come over here, and I'll sell you on what you need to do." It it it's not that hard. It's a simple equation. You ingest less than you put out, right? So don't eat as much, and do some workouts, and burn some calories, and you'll lose some weight. You have to find quality foods to give you energy. For breakfast, I'm a not like. For me, on the normal daily, this is what I do. I'm more of an egg white type of guy in the morning with maybe some granola or oatmeal. Um, Never been a huge breakfast guy. I know I try to eat breakfast on race day to have some fuel for me because I know I'm not going to eat later in the afternoon. So oatmeal for me is the way to go. If you guys don't like that, go to eggs, something like that. Uh, For lunch, again, I'm a sandwich guy. I love sandwiches. I'll eat sandwiches every day of my life. I can give two shits about what people say about it. I love bread. I love carbs. People say, get off carbs. Nope. Still going to have carbs. I'll ride more and burn it off. <laughs> so that's what I'll do. So I eat a sandwich and dinner. Heather usually cooks some type of chicken and broccoli with rice. Steak every now and again. And That's most of like four to five days a week. Two days a week I feel like we do eat. We'll go out. We'll have something. Heather will uh, indulge in some ice cream. We'll do some of that. But You guys know what to do in moderation. You're older. I don't have to tell you guys that. I'm more about what to do on the bike and try to get you guys better at what you want to do when you get to the track. So the food intake deal is not my avenue because I'm not the best eater. Sometimes I will not eat breakfast. Sometimes I won't eat until 2. I'll be busy or I'll be at the track and I'll be drinking coffee when I'm driving to the track and then I'll have a protein bar, and then I won't eat for the rest of the day. People and my friends call me a cactus because I don't ingest a lot, and I have a lot of energy still. So I think that's something to do with my genes and uh, how my parents were. My mom and dad um, weren't big people. My dad was on the bigger side, like 250. My mom was tall and long, so that's where I get it, and I see that in my kid, Aiden. So just know that if you guys are trying to lose weight, you will – have to burn more than you're putting in it's simple. For me as a dirt bike rider, the optimal weight for most guys is between 170 to 195. That is basically a weight where a lot of these guys you know no matter what body type that you are, if you talk to these high-end trainers, that's where the the, the quality weight is to be on a 450. Now, 250 guys will be a little bit lighter, obviously. But when guys do bulk up to go to a 450, I've talked to trainers and they go, hey, man, the magic weight for any body type, no matter if you're 5'8 to 6'1", 6'3", is 170 to 195. There can be a a tall guy at 6'1", 6'2", Travis, let's say. He's almost 6'3". He's pushing over 200 now because he's so bulky. So he would have to drop weight to feel better on the motorcycle you don't need a lot of muscle to ride a a dirt bike quick you need lungs legs and lungs is what you need you need a lot of leg strength and then you need a, a wide capacity inside of your chest you need to open up those lungs so doing cardio stretching and following that program is beneficial Another thing I have written down here that I get a lot is what is my schedule like? I can tell you guys what to do, but if you guys do have some sort of base fitness already, these are the things that I have on my schedule this week. So I'm just going to rip down what Seji has for me this week. So Mondays are usually my day off from everything as far as off-the-bike training. I do nothing off-the-bike off, off the bike. I didn't have any testing Monday. Today is Tuesday. I had testing today, but it's raining, so it got canceled. So I'm here in the studio. I'm typing. I'm doing stuff. So I implemented a workout. So the workout I have today is what I call row, run, and then last but not least, ski. Row, run, ski. So what I do and what... I do for time is I do a 1,000-meter row. I do a 5-minute jog at 6.5 with incline at 6. And then I do a ski, ski, or G, if you guys are not familiar with that. I ski or G 1,000 meters. That is one set. I do that four times, and that is a full-body workout for me. It, it includes my legs. It includes my abs. It includes my cardio. To me... That workout is one of the hardest ones that I do, and when you have a buddy that you do it with, man, it is, it is tough because you, got, you try to beat each other's time each 1,000 meters, so your heart rate is high. So today is a high heart rate zone. My heart rate for that probably about 35 minutes that I do this will be up over average between 170 to 175. So that is going to be a very high heart rate zone because I didn't ride today. So that's what we'll do. And then after that, I will stretch. I stretch for about 30 minutes, and then I'm done. So that is my workout for today. Wednesday, I have testing, so I will ride. So off-the-bike training is minimal. I get home from riding, and I go straight to stretching. I'll stretch for 30 minutes, and that will be done. Thursday, I test. So again, testing comes into play, I will do all of that riding. So he, I always try to tell Seji how much I'm riding, what I'm testing, unless it's confidential. Then I just say, hey, confidential testing. So usually that is pretty much an all-day deal. So he will know when I get back home that either A, no training, or B, stretching. That's it. Riding is important. So Friday, I have testing again. <laughs> Most of you guys know this. I ride a lot. So instead of just stretching when I get back home, he has a light uh, workout for me that includes some dumbbell work, which I'm okay with because it's a high rep situation, and it's not uh, a lot of barbell sit- uh, stuff. I'm more of a dumbbell kind of guy, and then a lot of balance work. I have yoga balls. I have bozu balls. I have all these balance works um, workout routines that I do, and then we'll incorporate that on Friday. So, again, I will – for an example, I'll just give you guys a little snippet of this. There is a big uh, yoga ball, all right? You know you know what that is. You'll try to ride on top of it with your knees, and then I'll hold a pair of handlebars with weights on each side of the bar, 10-pound, you know, little uh, dumbbell weights, and then I will mimic me going through the whoops while balancing on the yoga ball. It's ghetto. It's high-dez. But I've kind of created that with SEGI that it works really well because it engages my core, it makes me concentrate, and then it works my shoulders and upper body like I'm going through some rough section of a track. I've noticed that my riding and my posture has gotten better since I've been doing this. So again, balance work is also important as well on a bike. Weighting your pegs, all these things that you do um, that we don't think about will help you as well. So if you guys can do balance work at home over 40, you're going to improve your riding. Um, Saturday, I have riding with my kids. So I go riding with my kid, uh, basically a low-level day. And then I will uh, come home, and we will bicycle for an hour. And then Sunday, no riding, and we will go on a 90-minute bicycle ride and then stretch. So that is my week very detailed. I have a schedule. I know what to do. I hold myself accountable. And I think with this whole podcast in mind, having fitness over 40 and getting to be a better rider, the biggest thing is having a plan and a schedule to hold yourself accountable to. I know life gets in the way sometimes. Things pop up. But again, we talk about home life, all these different things that you need to become a better rider. All of this needs to happen in order for you to be successful. Your wife, your kids need to understand. You need to spend time with your wife. You need to spend time with your kids. You need to get your hour in and off the bike workouts. You need to go riding one day a week. You can get all of that stuff that we talked about in your riding. You can get that all that done within a three-hour span. You can get in, do your warm-up, do your first moto, 30 minutes, do your moto. Do a, do a rest and then do your sprints. You can be in and out in three hours and then go spend time with your family. That's what you should do. There's quality time that you need to do on your bike. And, of course, there's quality time that you guys need to spend with your families. It, it sounds easy to do, but just like – I'll give you guys an example. This makes <laughs> – it spawns a little memory for me in my brain. So my wife, Heather, hasn't really been very good at this. Heather is very sporadic with her workouts. She will work out for a month and then not work out for a month and a half. She'll eat clean for two weeks and then be off the wagon for two weeks. So just recently, Heather started going to spin class. She got a trainer, which is a girl. Thank God he's not a hot dude. She's been going at it, and I've been hounding her to say, look, if you're going to do this, stick with it. Consistency. That is key to making yourself better. When you think about Alden and his program, you talk to these guys, they're like, look, it's not any more work than I was doing, maybe a little bit less, but it's consistency. No matter what, when I wake up, I know what I have to do. No matter what, I feel a little little down and out. doesn't matter. I got to do it. Same thing for us guys over 40. Maybe the load is obviously less, but you have to hold yourself accountable and get your work done off and on the bike to be better, plain and simple. The act of doing it is also very important. Make sure you do it the right way. It's plain and simple. So this whole hour-long podcast is basically all wrapped up into hold yourself accountable. You don't need a lot of tools to get something done the correct way, but just make sure you do it the right way. All these little bits and pieces that we added to this podcast, like the vitamin B12 and the food, And all these other little things maybe don't have to happen for you. It does help, but the nucleus of everything to get better on a dirt bike is consistency and to have a plan and to make sure that the quality of your riding is much better than the quantity. If you want to go on a trail ride, do that. That's fine. But make sure you try to learn something when you're on that trail ride. Weight your pegs. Do something fundamental. It's easy to do. Like, hey, I'm going to come down this hill, and I'm going to brake evenly with the front brake and the rear brake. There's so many things that you can do when you're on your bike at any time. Plain and simple. Fundamentals. Foot placement. Elbow placement. Looking ahead. Straighten your back. Ride a gear high. Dirt bikes are hard, guys. So that's it. We're over an hour on this sucker already, and hopefully I answered some of your questions. These are basically the questions that I got in email format. If you guys think I didn't cover something, chris at kieferinktesting.com. But again, it's not that difficult, guys. Try to push your limits a little bit within the means of safety, but you're going to have to try to push your limits a little bit to get better. And maybe that limit is, hey i got to do some off-the-bike training to get myself better on a dirt bike. And if you guys can't ride, I'm sorry, guys. You're going to have to ride your dirt bike to get better. If you're a once-a-month kind of rider, it's going to be very, very difficult to get better on your dirt bike because the only thing that will can-, can make you better is riding. You have to ride more, plain and simple. And as we get older, things that I've noticed as well is I have to ride more to make myself feel comfortable. Like... I'm more of a a three-day-a-week kind of dude. If I ride three days a week, like preparing three days a week, not testing, like if I have quality riding three days a week, that's enough recovery for me. That's enough riding for me. So when I start the next week, I have that muscle memory on my bike that I feel comfortable right away. And that is key as well. Make sure your bike is comfortable. If you guys do find a setting, make sure you stick with that and just ride with that so you know what your bike's going to do. That's another thing. Some of us have money when we're over 40. We're well off, and we like to dick with our stuff. Well, you don't need everything to go fast. You don't need all this cool shit. Get a bike that handles good, that you're comfortable on, whatever color that is, and just ride it like that. If it feels a little shitty in one area, deal with it. Ride it. Just ride it like that for a while to see if you can get comfortable enough to go faster. If it's a real big pain in the ass in that one area of the track, then obviously let's work on that. Let's test a little bit. Let's get something else on there to make it handle better for you. But sometimes I need to put the test rider to the side and just ride my bike. Because being a test guy, it's like a blessing and a curse. I think way too much when I ride. I'm like... When I'm trying to go race, I'm like, oh, this could be better. That could be better. And instead of concentrating on the track, I'm thinking about dirt bikes and what I can do to make it better. But if you're planning on a race and you're going to do something, make sure you're concentrating on the track and trying to to push through that area that's a, maybe a little bit rough for you. Try to get that going to make sure that your lap times stay the same. So there's just so much. We can make a two-hour podcast about how to try to get better mentally and physically. Mentally would be a longer podcast, but these are the fundamentals for us older guys to try to be successful in what we want to achieve. Dirt bikes are fun, but they're hard. Just like in a marriage, I guess, too. I mean, being a, being married to my wife is the greatest thing ever, but it, there's difficult times, right? So anything that's worth a shit is going to be difficult. If it was easy, fuck everyone would do it right so that is one of the reasons why I love dirt bikes so much I've been doing it so damn long and I'm I I can't master it no matter what I can't hit one lap I can't make a perfect lap I still screw up that's what makes it fun don't get frustrated be happy that you can learn and get better and see the progress and reward yourself with progress be happy about it you know If you're on social media, say, hey, man, this is what I learned today. It feels good. Tell your friends. Tell your family. You know, be active in it. Like, just know, live in the now. I, I don't try to use rhino quotes all the time, but I do appreciate, like, what he's trying to say in help yourself. Be happy when you feel like you've done something good. Reward yourself. Talk about it. I know being older, I go riding with a lot of my friends here. No one really says shit about me because, oh, yeah, Kiefer's good, so whatever. But I sometimes I find myself like, hey man, I did something good today. And only boy, only <laughs> only person that knows it is me. So uh, it's nice to give yourself that attaboy and just kind of be like, hey man, I did something way better today. Write it down. Put it in your logbook. That's another thing, you know, that I didn't even cover. I'm sporadic on this some bitch. But look, logbook, write down your motos, how you felt. Then have a day on it. Say, all right, um, March 10th, rode two 15-minute motos and did four two-lap sprints. Was tired at 11 minutes on moto one, was tired at eight minutes on moto two. In my sprints, I felt flat. Track name, track condition, time. Boom, done. Next time you go, look back on that. Are you getting better? You can just follow it along. I do that with everything I do. I go down and I ride. I write the track, the conditions, how I felt, what the bike did. You can use that for your racing, your testing, anything. Use logs, paper. I'm a very visual person. If you're a dude, chances are high that you're a very visual person. Sexually, dirt bikes, all that. Like We like to look at shit. So I love going back to my logs and see if I'm improving and if I'm going backwards. I like to have someone point me into a direction, and I just do it. Most guys, I think, are like that. Point us in the direction, and we will do that. We can't read your fucking minds, ladies, but just point us in the direction. No different with dirt bikes. Point me in the direction, Kiefer, and let me walk that path. That's what you need to do. So, All right, I threw my pin down. That's it. Hour and five minutes long. Fitness over 40. Chris at Kieferinktesting.com. It's raining outside. I am going to be ripping the next 2 days up in the high des. I can't wait. If you guys are going to Indianapolis Supercross, I will see you there. And uh oh, so I guess I guess I can't ride with Aiden Saturday. I forgot. I'm going to Indianapolis Supercross. This travel thing's got me all screwed up. This coronavirus. Holy shit. Hopefully uh hopefully they don't cancel these things here. I feel like we might lose a couple Supercrosses this year because of this damn virus. So um Anyway, you guys have any questions, you guys know the email. Please support my advertisers on the show. They help me get through this stuff every freaking weekend. They're great people. I use them myself. If you have any questions about them, you can hit me up. And please support them. They do great work. And uh, I thank you guys for listening. Don't forget, KX250 pod's going to be coming up. It's fun to do these one-off podcasts that you guys uh, want to hear. So if you guys do want to hear anything else, email me, and I will try to collect those and see if it's well enough or big enough to uh, get an episode up. And this is a bas- that's basically what happened here. A lot of people said, hey, fitness over 40, fitness over 40, and here we are. We bullshitted about it for about an hour. So thank you guys for listening. I will catch you on the flip. See you next week.